Welcome to Heart of the Matter. I'm Sean McCraney, your host. We have an exciting show tonight, an important show. Our topic's going to begin one of three or four weeks that we'll continue to talk about this, and I'll introduce it in a minute. Gerald Tanner, Sandra Tanner's husband of Utah Lighthouse Ministries, uh, a few days ago passed away. He was a wonderful and accurate historian, a professional who contributed greatly to Christian apologetics, especially as they related to Mormonism. When most people were clamoring that uh, Mark Hoffman's discoveries were real, uh, Gerald and Sandra were one of the only ones who said no. They didn't buy into all the hype. They knew what was right at that time, and they've always known what was right before and after. Uh, their website's www.utlm.org. We want to thank you, Gerald. We'll miss you and all their contributions. We pray to God for you. Uh, not for you, but we pray for Sandra and your ministry that you started. And thank you again for all you've done. Do you podcast? Uh, it's a more and more people are doing it. It's a popular thing. All you have to do is go to www.itunes.com, find the music store, do a search by typing in Heart of the Matter or Sean McCraney, and voila, free podcasts, either for a video podcast or for an audio podcast. And uh, if you're into that, it's there, it's available, all the shows free of charge. I'd like to read and respond to a message left on our phone last week. The caller left no name, of course, but presented some very angry ideas. And here is what he said. We record them and uh, then type them out. Uh, I find that you are extremely hypocritical. You air programs that are anti-Mormon, which I think is extremely hypocritical. These folks have just as much of a right to practice their religion. And if you were anti-Semitic, I wonder how much outrage there would be. You guys are hypocrites. I mean, this is incredible. You want all the rights and you make Christians look bad. You are so stinking intolerant that it's sickening. You ought to read your own scriptures. I, and then he called again. I called before complaining how you are anti-Mormon, but also why don't you make it equal opportunity and do an anti-Semitic, anti-Catholic, anti-Baptist, anti-Buddhist, anti-Scientology, anti-Hindu. Let's have equal opportunity bigotry. You guys are bigots. You're just bigots. Why don't you build up your own beliefs? Apparently you think yours is the only one that is right. All you do is tear people down. Yada, 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 on and on and on, ad infinitum, ad nauseum. Well, I have a response for you, my friend. First and foremost, isn't it a contradiction of terms, an oxymoron even, for you to call and to vehemently attack us uh, for being intolerant? I mean, doesn't intolerance, doesn't your intolerant reaction show that you are just as intolerant as we are supposed to be? You're calling us names and hypocrites. Isn't that intolerance for our opinion? So uh, I, I wonder about that. And second, the modern notion of tolerance is a very pathetic thing these days. Uh, people love to flash the intolerance card. And uh, their application really has little to do with what intolerance really is. Let me ask a couple questions. Is someone intolerant because they speak the truth or share facts? If so, then I would be guilty of intolerance for saying that I think murder is wrong or that rape is wrong. That would be intolerance, wouldn't it? Should we just live and let live? You're a monster. Well, God be with you, brother. You stole a call. Well, ter well terrific. 
I don't want to be accused of being intolerant, so we just agree. We never share facts or opinions. Another question, are we guilty of evil intolerance if we say something people believe is wrong? If so, then all roads lead to God, and all beliefs should be embraced and accepted and praised, right? You're a Satanist. That's just terrific. You believe Jesus was a fraud. Congratulations. I just love you. Is this what tolerance is? Another question, is it intolerant to publicly reject the philosophies, theologies, and practices of others, especially if those practices are said to be Christian when they clearly are not? I wonder what the McDonald's Corporation would do if suddenly another group came up and they called themselves McDonald's too. And they said, you know, the original McDonald's is corrupted, so we're going to start the real McDonald's and let everybody know that this is really the real McDonald's and all the other older McDonald's are just not good anymore. They're just not true. The, the McDonald's Corporation wouldn't sit back and take that. Listen very carefully to my words, caller, anonymous caller. The LDS Church has for over 175 years stood at the doorways of our nation's homes and they have said that they are the only true Christian church on the face of the earth. They said that Catholicism and Protestantism is evil, that the church's pastors and Christians have no authority to act in God's name, that the baptisms of millions of faith-filled believers are an offense to God. They have gone virtually uncontested in any real mass media response in this state for over a hundred years. Not anymore. Why don't we pick on Catholics and Baptists? Catholics and Baptists don't claim to be the only true church on the face of this earth. Catholic and Baptists believe in the Bible as the word of God. Why don't we pick on Buddhists and, and, and Hindus and Jews and Islam? They don't claim to be Christian. They can have those beliefs. I don't even care. That, that, that's their choice. I respect them. I love them just like I love you. But they don't claim to be Christian and present a different gospel. But when it comes to biblical Christianity, we're going to defend it tooth and nail. Our, our scriptures tell us to wage war, a good warfare. They tell us to fight the good fight. They tell us to earnestly contend for our faith, especially when it comes to establishing truth among people who say they're Christian. We are told to be aware of wolves in sheep's clothing of angels of light bearing other gospels, and to search the scripture proving and testing all things. These warnings are specific to counterfeit gospels, gospels that claim to represent Jesus Christ, but the end system is religious. We in no way support acts of violence or acts that would uh, make LDS people uh, not, have their not have their unalienable rights in effect. That is intolerance, but we will defend Christianity in this public forum tooth and nail until the at least they say okay we're not Christian we are Mormon and this is our theology we're not Christian okay let's go if we can after that big long thing have a prayer Heavenly Father we're talking about a very important topic tonight uh, one that means most to you and we ask that you're with us with our callers, and help me to be able to say and do the things you would want. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, can you guess the topic? Who is Jesus? 
Considering our audience, this subject has some very far-reaching effects. The major complaint from Christians is that the LDS serve the wrong Jesus. Have you ever been told if you're LDS that you, you, you worship or look at the wrong Jesus? We're going to spend the next few minutes and weeks examining what this means, if anything. In order to really understand Mormonisms and its teachings about Jesus, I have to start at the beginning. And this is going to be three minutes of dry stuff that's difficult stuff. But it isn't that difficult if you, if you listen. And you have to understand this to really build a foundation to understanding how Mormons view Jesus Christ. It begins with eternal laws and principles. Joseph Smith said, Every principle proceeding from God is eternal, and any principle which is not eternal is of the devil. The first step in the salvation of man is the laws of eternal and self-existent principles. Self-existing principles are principles and laws that have no creator. They have no beginning. Plato talked about forms that sit above the earth and those forms are laws that are not created. And that's what Joseph Smith is saying is that there are laws that even God must obey. He must obey these laws. He is subject to those laws and he did not create them. Okay? Doctrine and Covenants 130, 20 through 21 tells the LDS that when they receive a blessing, it is because of obedience to one of these eternal laws and principles. Not because... God capriciously decides or decides in his omniscience to bless you. It's because you've obeyed this law or principle that's eternal. In addition to eternal and immutable, that means unchangeable laws and principles, another brick in the foundation of Mormon theology is the idea that everything that can be, that can be considered good or real is composed of matter and that matter cannot be created by God and it cannot be destroyed by God. Matter cannot be created or destroyed, and anything that we are going to consider as real is made of matter. I know this is big stuff. Doctrine and Covenants 141, seven through eight says, there is no such thing as immaterial matter, okay? The LDS apostle Parley P. Pratt said, listen closely, nothing exists which is not material. The elementary principles of the material universe are eternal. They never originated from non-entity and they can never be annihilated. Immateriality is another name for non-entity. In, in simpler terms, if something is not made of matter, it does not exist. That's what he's saying there. Okay, so our LDS theology has two important foundation principles and they're very important when it comes to understanding Jesus. Laws and principles are uncreated and eternal. They supersede even God. And anything that is real is not only made of matter, but it's made of matter that cannot be created or destroyed even by God. Those are huge philosophical uh, arguments. Now, you have to understand the Greeks talked about, Lucretius talked about uh, matter, and, uh, and de Holbach talked about uh, uh, matter always existing. And if you get into dialectical materialism, which is uh, brought forth by Karl Marx, that is all about matter. And you'll usually find people who are materialists that, that are really focused on matter are atheists. So it's a very interesting concept to see that Latter-day Saints have this idea of matter and yet they also uh, say they believe in God. 
So remember that. Okay, now listen. From this, we're able to configure and figure out the Mormon Jesus. And let me explain to you why. There was once a man, eons of time ago, and uh, he obeyed all the eternal laws and principles. And this man became a god. One of the eternal principles was that this man had to be married by the power of God, the priesthood, the LDS say they hold. And so he was married to a woman or many women. Polygamy is an eternal principle. And this man, who is now God, with his wives, were then overseeing a universe or universes, we don't know. And he looked out and he saw matter that was, he and his wives saw matter that was out there in the universe somewhere or somewhere in the cosmos. And it was intelligences, according to Mormon scripture. And this God and his wife, they took these intelligences and they formed spirit children. The very first spirit child from these bright intelligences out there that weren't created and cannot be destroyed was Jesus. He was the first created spirit being of this man and his wives or wives uh, spiritually. Lucifer was also taken from this material and created. And he was up there in the hierarchy of being among the brightest intelligences because they speak of some intelligences being super bright and some being a little more dim. And then all the trillions and trillions of spirits that have ever been created in this universe for this God and his wives were created as spirit children. And that includes you and I, according to Mormon theology. So we're up there in heaven with Jesus, our elder brother, and with Satan, our brother, and you and me, brothers and sisters, and we see that God and his wives have a body. So we say, God, we want to be like you. And so he says, okay, you got to come down to this earth and you need to get a body. This is where I'm going to stop with regard to Jesus. I'm going to stop tonight on just the pre-existence of Jesus and what Mormons believe he was. Mormons refer to Jesus often as their elder brother. He's my elder brother. Automatically, what does that do in your mind and heart of the place Jesus should take? Does it lift him up higher or does it lower him in your esteem? All right. The difference between you and I and Jesus in this premortal life is in degree. It's not in kind. That's very important. He was a created being like we are, so we are the same kind. He was just more advanced as far as being brighter in lights than we are, according to Mormon doctrine. Okay, before we go to the phones, I want to give the Latter-day Saints and the viewing audience an understanding of what the Christians say Jesus was prior to coming to this earth and who he was when he came here. Latter-day Saints understand that Jesus is called Jehovah in the Old Testament. And that comes from the tetragrammaton use of the words Y-H-W-H, I think. And they put vowels, they put points in there that give you the sound, but it's called Yehovah, okay? And Yahweh never came into being, but has existed eternally as God. Latter-day Saints do not understand the full implication of the name Jehovah or Yahweh, all right? We know that Jesus himself is the creator of all things. All things. He was not created. He is the creator. Read Colossians 1, uh, 16. Colossians 1, 17 says that Jesus is before all things and by him all things exist. 
So I don't know where we get the idea that this elder brother was a created being when he's the one who created all things and was before all things. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? That is very straightforward on what Jesus has always been. Okay? This created bit does nothing. It's nothing but fantasy. And it does nothing but take your view of Jesus and bring him to a buddy here instead of who he was, and that was God. John 1, remember it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right. Isaiah 9, 6, and LDS, you're going to recognize this because you sing this in your chapels at Christmas time. Do you ever think of the words? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Mighty God there, by the way, in the Hebrew is uncreated, just to let you know. As Christians, we emphatically stand on the fact, the biblical fact, He is uncreated, he is God incarnate. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the creator of all things. He is before all things. And he is not our spiritual brother. And we maintain on this show and in our ministry that the LDS version of Jesus lowers his rightful place in our lives and it eliminates our need to worship him. When you bring him down as a brother, worship's not there. Okay, and that is something that's wrong. And in the following works, we're going to talk about worship and how many scriptures in the Bible talk about worshiping, not just God, but Jesus. All right, let's go to the phones. Lucy on line one from Logan. You're on Heart of the Matter, Lucy. Hi, Sean. Hi. I live for your show. <laughs> I'd like to just take a minute to say how much your show means to me. And... Um, 
if I were going to hell, I'd probably just want to be destroyed. Yeah. It seems like it would be much more merciful, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. So. I would imagine that God is not really out to, uh, to uh, have people, uh, whatever, t- burning, burning, burning. I, I don't think that's his intention from the beginning. Hell, hell was created for Satan and his angels. So uh, I don't know the answer, but uh, it does le- it's a good thought-provoking thought, that's for sure. Lucy, uh, in the night, in the six, seven months we've done the show, I've never been uh, brought to tears, but you just brought me to tears. So uh, praise God, and I, I pray you'll continue in the Word like you are, and keep in contact. Let us know how you're doing. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. God good bless night. you. Good night. We're going to Randy in Taylorsville. Randy, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? All right. I'm, I'm just uh really like what you said about them uh, believing in anything immaterial. It puts a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit not being in their life. Yeah. You know, uh, and I got one of my favorite verses about, you know, neither give heed to fables or endless genealogies, which uh, bring questions. Yeah. Defying God. That's a good, that's a good quote. You know, we, uh... I... To me, they just look like they're just going through the motions. They're just talking the positive. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, people of all religions do. They go through the motions. There's no joy in your, in your walk with God. I mean, yeah. I don't uh, I just don't see joy. Uh, I, was, I was raised Mormon. Were you? Oh, yeah. But we, my mom left early. And then I went along my uh, wild side. Yeah. The Lord got his hook in me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're at, are you out of that wild side now? I still butt heads with him, but you know. Yeah. Because he's good. Yeah. How about how about church? Um, I've been going to a Seventh Day Avenue. Oh, good. Uh, Saturdays are hard because I work too. And it's hard to. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate your call, man, and you, uh, you have a good night, and keep, keep calling. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Uh, we are going to go to Joan in West Valley. Just one sec. Uh, Joan, you are on Heart of the Matter. Go ahead. Hi, Sean. It's Joanne. Hi. How are you? Okay. I want to know, and nobody's ever really been able to answer this for me, and you brought up something tonight that made it come up, so I you taught me, how does the caveman, all that, come into religion? The caveman? Yeah, because you learn. You're breaking up. Oh, and then you go to church and they teach you all this other stuff. How does it, how does the caveman and all that come into play with religion? You mean, uh, as you're talking about regarding like the uh, story of Adam and Eve and the creation, where does caveman come yeah. in? Well, I think that one they they haven't found a caveman that is any um, any anything that is an ape or they haven't found a missing link. They found humans and they found apes. So I think that what they probably found was primitive man who may have been a little bit uh, you know heavier up top for all the work he did or running. I don't know, but I know they haven't found anything that links the two. So caveman, when you say that, all that is is primitive man. Okay. And as far as the dinosaurs, 
Uh, I have a friend, uh, he's a scholar. He went to Jeru Hebrew University in Jerusalem and he just wrote a book on uh, the fact that they found uh, uh, dinosaur bones that pre, that post-date uh, like way, way after Adam and Eve. So there's a theory now that they were all over the uh, earth then and just creations that went extinct and like we have ex uh, creations now that do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Good, good question. Sorry, that's not really my forte, but that's the best I could answer it. <laughs> well, you did pretty good. All right, you take care. You too. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Diana and Sandy. Diana, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi there, John. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Sorry to hear about um, Daryl Tanner and Lighthouse Ministry, and I'd like to... Maybe people aren't aware that they have a bookstore downtown in Salt Lake. You can find the address in the phone book, and they are a wonderful resource for both Christian and LDS people alike. They are. And, um, take advantage of that. And also, I've been waiting for you to do this um, program on on the biblical Jesus. Well, we, Thank we, you for doing that. Oh, good. good. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you know about this resource, but Sharon Lindblom did um, an article. She also has a website. I'm sorry, I don't have it, but it's her, her article that she did is What Child Is This? Uh -huh. LDS Christmas Story. And I would, I was going to email you with that, but um, didn't get to it. And she she does a wonderful succinct um, message about the difference between the biblical biblical Jesus and the Mormon Jesus. Fantastic. So thank so, you. So listeners, you, uh, what child is this? Bloomfield. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Bloom, Sharon Lynn Bloom, L-I-N-D. Okay. B-L-O-O-M. Okay. The LDS Christmas Story. Well, stay in tune, uh, Diane, for the next uh, few weeks because we're going to continue on through the virgin birth, uh, his life, his deity, his miracle, everything. Great. And I hope you look her up. And I, I will look her up and email you with that website. I'm sorry I don't have it. That's okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Call. Thank you. Bye-bye Okay. Bye-bye. Colleen and Sandy. Colleen, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hello, Sean. Hello. Uh, this is kind of off the subject right at this moment, but last week you had a caller who was very confused about the God, the Trinity. Yeah. Okay? Had a good friend of mine when I was first becoming the Christian. Um, she explained it to me this way. You have an egg. Oh, no. There are three parts to the egg. <laughs> the white, the yolk, and the shell. Yeah. They are one thing but there are three separate things. Yeah. So that's what really can make it click for somebody who's having such difficulty understanding God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit being one yeah. thing. That is an excellent... Throw that out there. It's a great uh, example, but let me tell you why I don't, I don't use that one. I've heard that one. And the ice or the water one, you have ice, you have steam, you have water, mm -hmm. uh, uh, three different forms, all the same... The problem with those is there's some very smart people out there. Uh -huh. And when, when I, if I laid that egg one out there, no pun intended, uh, they, would, they would massacre me because... Oh, I say, where did it come from? Yeah, they've done a study of it. They rip it apart. And so I just stay away from those uh, comparisons and just go with, not, not to my embarrassment, but just go uh -huh. with, I don't understand the Trinity. And I, my finite mind will not understand a, an infinite God. Right. Well, I get it. 
Don't okay. ask me how or why, but I get it. Well, good, <laughs> good. You you cling to that one because that's a that's a real gift. There you go. <laughs> All righty. Okay, love your show. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. We're going to Nick on line three. Sandy, first time caller. Nick, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Um, I was just uh, had a question about the dinosaur thing. Ah. I said it wasn't my forte, and you're calling back. All right, go ahead. Oh, well, yeah, anyways, uh, I was just wondering how you could, uh, like, disprove anything that is physically there, because there's bones. How you can't disprove, did you say? Yeah, how you can disprove as, well, because... I, I believe in dinosaurs. Okay, well, I've heard a lot of Christians say that didn't believe the whole dinosaur thing existed or it was just they were probably young and just giving you you know the dinosaur thing isn't really uh, covered biblically but we know that God is the creator I I, you know it might be something we have to go by faith they aren't walking around now so there's a lot of hypothecation about you know where they came from and what they did and everything else Spielberg said they came from birds and our birds are the result of them now I don't know the answer um, but I do trust in a, in a living God that keeps us in orbit and keeps us alive. And, and I think that uh, we'll have answers to that someday. That's kind of a, a soft way out of it, but it's the best my little mind can do. Um, well, okay. Just, uh, also, I heard another theory that possibly that, with that whole dinosaur bones thing came from like another, another planet, planet that split off. Yeah. I've heard that, that, that uh, God gathered uh, other parts and uh, he put this planet together. And yeah, I've heard that. I've heard of things called dispensationalism, where this earth was once inhabited by uh, dinosaurs. It was wiped clean. It was used again through the Adamic dispensation to where man came in. I've heard all those things. But the problem is we just don't know. So I don't spend too much time trying to uh, guess. Uh, well, that's fine. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Yep, no okay, take care. Bye-bye. David in Ogden, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, how's it going? I talked to you last week. Uh, you John, you doing okay? Um, I got just, I'm going to knock them down real quick for you. Did you ever get a chance to read about that baptism of the dead and the Encyclopedia of Mormonism? I haven't. Okay, well, I'm not going to read it to you, but um, knock it out to people. Page 97. Page 97, Encyclopedia of Mormonism. Check that one out. Yeah, for a baptism of the dead when uh, they speak of the third party. Okay. When Paul was, you know, in his uh, letters of speaking in Corinthians, they, he wasn't speaking um, to the actual church. But, uh, well, I just, I've gotten some things written down here, and he's the, um, the guy, the screener, he said, you know, knock them out there so we can get a lot of calls in. So, um, okay. first off, I heard that you come in from California every week. I, I talked to him last week about that. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about setting up a... a, a Call me after the show and email me on this one. Okay. Okay, we gotta keep oh. it. Go we gotta keep it going. Call me back, David. Well, that's not my last. I, I have a question. I wasn't. That was <laughs> you gotta get to it, man. Okay. All right. Um, the other thing is, Behemoth and Leviathan are mentioned um, in um, Old Testament, so maybe that's the dinosaur thing. But it really doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Big whale could have been a something like that. Yeah. So, and then the last thing is, uh, and this is the most important thing. Um, this really not. To deal dealing with Mormonism, but um, do you know that um, the original um, Bible uh, in its, uh, I say, the third or fourth century, the way it was set up when it was finally compiled, um, that the, no, 
the Protestants removed seven yeah. books from the old. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I mean, think it was a good move. When you read those uh, books, why do you think they did that, though? I mean, well, they were apocryphal. They didn't. They weren't substantiated by other books, etc. But uh, uh, I got to get it going. Okay. All right, man. God bless. Thanks for writing. Bye bye. Or hey. calling. Bye bye. Listen, uh, just something on topic. Uh, Brad in Spanish Fork says, LDS believe that Jesus did create all things by organizing the matter that already existed. The problem is, Brad, you, didn't, you don't really listen uh, to what I'm saying about that, and I don't mean that rudely. Um, if he created all things, then he himself wasn't created, right? Unless he created himself. If he created all things, then he wasn't a created being. Latter-day Saints teach that Jesus was a created being, so therefore... He did not create all things. So you have, a, you have a contradiction here in your theology. He either created all things or he didn't. If he did create all things, then he isn't a created being. If he didn't create all things, so you're saying it's a contradiction and you have to look at that. And then uh, by organizing matter that existed already, uh, yeah, I understand that. I understand you believe that. And uh, I believe that he can create thing ex nihilo out of nothing he is God. Okay, uh, let's go to Joyce and Roy on line two. Joyce, you're on Heart of the Matter. Joyce, we lost Joyce. Okay, another question. Lucifer is a fallen angel. One third of the hosts of heaven were banished from heaven. This, how does Sean look at that convoluted pre-existent council meeting? And how do Mormons have them taken this completely out of context? Please comment. Doug and Murray... Uh, we are going to cover uh, the war in heaven and the virgin birth next week in our progress along discussing Jesus. So that we tune in then and we will talk about that very question. Bob and Murray, first time caller. You're on Heart of the Matter, Bob. Yeah, hey, uh, nice talking to you, Sean. Hey, Hi. Years ago, I was a convert into the LDS church. Uh-huh. Probably, oh gosh, in the mid-80s. And I noticed that when I got involved with the church, you know, I think uh, a lot of my Christian, I was raised uh, in southern Utah, a Christian family, and a lot of those Christian views were brought to my attention when, you know, from the missionaries and so forth. And I think it's a, I guess the question to you, do you think that the marketability of being Christian is what they use? Once I got into the church and really found out what was up in some of these philosophies that you're talking about tonight, I kind of found out that that's, you know, they kind of left that out. Yeah, it's ingenious, and you're absolutely right. It's a marketing uh, strategy beyond compare as far as counterfeits go. And, and Latter-day Saints, I want you to know, let me say this, I love you. That's why I spend my time doing this, and I want you to know what a relationship with the Lord can do for your life. But the counterfeit gospel, the knocking on the door, and can we share a message about Jesus and read the Book of Mormon, it's all Jesus-centered, is nothing to what you get four years down the road when you're sitting in the temple and everything else that goes along with it. So you're exactly right. It's a great point. And our national show is talking about that more and more as we get on the air and we start to talk about what Mormons are doing when they start sharing their message and the order which which they do it. Great call. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you later. We're going to Reese in Salt Lake City. Reese, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Okay. Um, uh, second time calling. Um, you know, I had a question uh, last week about the re- revival in Salt Lake City. Uh, my question this week is, um, I-, I have never really heard you talk about uh, the rapture, and what is your stand? Do you believe we're living in the last days? Oh, Absolutely. 
I believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're going to be taken up. I'm a premillennialist when it comes to uh, rapture. I believe that the Lord is going to come and take the bride of Christ, his church, up. And I think that it will uh, happen uh, without warning. I think that will initiate uh, uh, Armageddon. And I think that it will initiate the last days. And, and then the treaty will be made. And uh, three and a half years will be broken. All those things that Christians uh, believe as pre, uh, pre-trib uh, Christians, I'm, I, I believe in. Okay, um, if I had one more quick question. One time I was talking to a bishop, a bishop of the LDS Church, and I started talking to him about being caught up in the air and the rapture, and he got really offended and said that they don't speak about that in the Mormon church. Yeah, the big word for uh, end-time stuff is uh, called eschatology in, in theology, and LDS have a very, very bleak eschatology. They don't talk about it. They're very forward-thinking, very progressive thinking. I've heard them say uh, 10 years ago, you know, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but the first presidency has made plans for the next 100 years. They're really not caught up in, in being caught up. Again, no pun intended. And, uh, and, and, so, and they take that and they say being caught up that the word rapture is not in the Bible. What they don't realize is the rapture, the word uh, uh, English word isn't, but the meaning of it is, uh, is when you go through the Greek and then you go through, I think it's the Aramaic. So we know there will be, uh, the church will be caught up and then the tribulation will start. But they are not big on eschatology. Okay, well, thank you very much, Sean. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Uh, all right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Joyce, somehow you made it back. You're on line one. Heart of the matter. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, just a timeline question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't it true that, give or take of, you know, however many years, there's like 200 year, 2,000 years between Adam and Eve and Noah, 2,000 between Noah and Moses, 2,000 between Moses and Christ? Yeah, I think there's, I don't know if it's 2,000, and I'm embarrassed now because I really did poorly in my studies when it came to timelines, but I think you're right. I know there's some similarity between the epochs of time. But go ahead. So wouldn't that mean then that the dinosaurs could only be, you know, 6,000 years old? It very well could mean that. Um, And possibly there's another 2,000, give or take, however many, until the return. You know, I don't, I have to admit to the audience, I am an ignorant man when it comes to dinosaurs. I do not know anything about those guys. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. That's all I can tell you. I don't know the answer well, to the we dinosaur question. That, then there's only 6,000 years between the beginning and now. I know Christians generally believe there's a six to 10,000 year period from the time of uh, Adam going on and, and somewhere in there. We, uh, we believe that's uh, the way it is, not 10 billion. But uh, good question. I'm sorry I can't be more informative and entertaining. That's okay. <laughs> you take care. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. Carol and uh, Jordan, first-time caller. Hi. Hi, Carol. Um, yes, I just wanted to ask um, about, um, I guess, missionaries, when they go through the temple, are they, they supposedly go through a bunch of different rooms where there are actors, and these actors portray different scenarios like Adam and Eve and what occurred there. Yeah. And there is one room where they go in and there's a pastor, is what they refer to him as. Yeah. And he um, says, you know, you need to repent or you're going to burn in hell. And then Joseph Smith 
who's an actor comes up and says, you know, all these are, are abominations. All of the religions are abominations, basically, yeah. and don't listen to them, yeah. um, that we are the only true church. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, if, number one, that's true. Okay. And number two, doesn't this kind of automatically kind of desensitize them to a Christian belief by yeah. doing this kind of thing? You know, I usually don't go into uh, what they do in the temples because uh, they take it so sensitively and it's not a matter that I care. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to trample on something that is just going to offend them so I'll never have a conversation with them. But I will say this. Um, in the Salt Lake Temple and a few others, they do a live performance where there are actors acting these things out. And in other uh, temples like in uh, L.A., it's a film they watch. And there is uh, a, a character who comes out and does play a Protestant pastor or a, a Catholic priest, one of the two. It depends, I guess, on what film you're watching. And uh, he is essentially mocked for his uh, portrayal of what uh, he says is in the Bible. He's mocked by, not by Joseph Smith, it's by somebody else who comes in and says, you know, do you believe this guy? And like, and like Adam, is, is who represents everybody, is like... Uh, yeah, uh, that's not very good to believe him. And they do mock that. So, you know, when, when all this love and acceptance that goes on, you know, you got to be nice and kind. Every time they go in a temple, they watch a film that mocks Christianity and the pastors and priests uh, and uh, ministers who represent it. You're right. It's a good, it's a good comment. I'm sorry, LDS, if I treaded on things, but I didn't uh, tread on anything that was sacred that you covenant not to reveal. But it's the, it's the downright truth. Good call. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. We're going to Clint and Draper. Clint, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Hey, um, I just had a couple questions for you real quick. Uh, I, you know, I haven't been going to church for a long time. Uh -huh. Parents are very, very LDS. Uh-huh. I've just always struggled with it, and I just uh, started watching your show off and on here for the last month, and a lot of the stuff you're talking about makes a lot of sense, and... Uh, I'm just trying to find out where the best place for me to go and start, you know, learning more about what you're talking about. And, you know, where, where, where do I go on Sunday? My girlfriend, she's a Jehovah Witness. Wow, you got a, you're in a um, big mess, aren't you? Well, yeah, I am. I mean, it, it's difficult, but I'm kind of between the two. But, I mean, she listens to you, and she's like, you know, he makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I'm kidding you about that, you know. <laughs> uh, listen, you know what, let me, I don't know, how far do you live from Sandy? Just, uh, just in Draper, just, you know, five miles south. Then take a, a, a drive to, to Sandy on Sunday at 11 o'clock at um, Travis Mitchell's Church, Sandy Ridge Community Church. And it's straight up 10,600. You just follow it all the way up and you'll see it on your left-hand side. Okay. He is a wonderful guy. He grew up in Utah. He has a heart of gold. And just go and meet Travis and let him just kind of share with you. All right, I do appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Okay, bye. we are going to bye bye. We're going to Tim, uh, first time caller in South in Jordan. Tim, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. You're on the show, buddy. All right. Um, I just wanted to call. I've been. I'm a first time caller. Mm -hmm. um, I am LDS, and I just just in hearing some of the stuff. Um, we do believe we're Christian. We, I understand everybody else's point of view watching and listening. Um, we do truly believe that we're Christian. Um, there were a few comments about the temple. Mm -hmm. 
Um, basically, we believe in the same type of temple that existed primitively. Oh, Tim. Testament. Tim, I, I really I appreciate your call, and, and I want to apologize if I offended your sensitivities with the temple, but I, I would hope, I'm asking you to go on our website and watch our show called Temples 1 and 2. It is so far, it's so far from what the temple was in the Old Testament, you can't believe it. And it just, you're, I know you believe that sincerely, that it is what was on the earth and it was the temple and Jesus was at the temple and you tie that in, but it frankly is not true, my friend. Well, another, another point that I wanted to bring up is Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and um, the early prophets, they're not even in the temple ceremony. Yeah, she was wrong on that. She didn't understand. You know, there's a lot of myths in, in, in sacred ceremonies where they aren't talked about. A lot of conjecture can go on among people who haven't been there. Yeah, and I mean, for example, have you been in a temple and been through a ceremony? Me? Yes. Oh, yeah, many, 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 many times. Okay. Um, it, it basically, it, in our opinion, and you don't have to agree with this, that's okay, I understand our yeah. different views, um, we believe it brings us closer to God. Yeah. We don't believe that it diminishes our relationship with the Savior. Oh, I know you don't believe that. I don't think anybody would go in there and say, I'm going to the temple to diminish my relationship with Jesus. I, I don't believe that for a moment, Tim, at all. But the problem is, is you have, for instance, Jehovah's Witnesses who do things that they believe are taking them closer to God. You have Muslims who do things that they believe are taking them closer to God. And you have Catholics who, you know, and I think there can be saved people in all these churches, I'm not picking on them, who believe that there's certain things you can do to get you closer to God. And is everybody right? Or is there a way? And where do you find that way? There's a way, and... You find it in the Bible. Yeah, all over the Bible, and it talks about listening to the Spirit, finding that Spirit within yourself, the Holy Spirit, okay. finding a personal answer. Let me ask you, Tim, if you were uh, sitting in your room and you were contemplating a problem, and the Holy Spirit told you, or what you perceived to be the Holy Spirit, that you needed to take one action, but you read in the Bible that that action would be against what God says you should do, which would you follow? Um, I would follow the Spirit. I know, and that's the problem. Because what you're doing is you're relying on your subjective feelings and experiences to tell you truth instead of the word that has been passed down to you as a guide from God's mouth for you to understand. Well, you have to you have to connect what the scriptures are saying as well as what the spirit's telling you. I mean, if the spirit came out and said, uh, I don't know, for example, cut off your neighbor's head. Pretty much, um, you you may not follow that. You have to be very careful. It's a very fine line. It's see, and so wouldn't you think God would give you a more definitive thing like His Word to fall on and see and read? Harold B. Lee said, anything that's said that's out of Scripture is just conjecture. Did you know that? Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, appreciate the call, and uh, keep tuning in. All right, let right. your heart. Thanks, Tim. Bye-bye. We're going to Suzanne in Orem. Suzanne, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi, Sean. Hi. I have to tell you, you look good and brown. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Um, also, um, it's been a while since you've been to the temple. Yeah. Um, 
1990, they took that part out where they were slamming the the uh, Protestant priests or uh, Protestant pastors. Did they? Yeah, they did. It's not there anymore. Was it 90? 1990. They really softened it. They took out all the extra stuff, too, like the science. You know, I won't go into that, but they took a lot of stuff out. Yeah. I remember they took some of that. I didn't know they took him out then. I, I've gone up until about 1996 or 97. But I had assumed that he was still in there then. When I say he... In 1990, they took him out. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Hey, and also, I just wanted to tell you, I think for me, the, uh, there's a big difference between Mormonism and Christianity. Uh-huh. Um, Mormonism is about glorifying man uh-huh. you know, as they work towards Godhood. And Christianity is about glorifying God. Amen. A great synopsis. Great. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, in fact, uh, let me check something really quickly here. My notes blew over. Okay, uh, let's go to line three, first time caller from West Valley, Tavita. Is that right? Yes, hey Sean, how you doing? Good man, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. All right, oh. Tavita, are you a Polynesian? Yes, I am. All right. Um, hey, um, you know how the Mormons believe that they have the priesthood, the right to, uh, performance and organize stuff in this, in this world? Yeah. As any other, uh, Christianity. What do you believe in that? If they have the right, another religion doesn't have, and you disagree on that one. Yeah. Who does have the right to, to perform all these, uh, audiences in this life? Tavita, in the Bible, I think it's Mark chapter 9 or 10. It's one of those two. Jesus is walking along with his apostles or disciples. Besides Jesus Christ. No, but wait. And, and, they, and the disciples look over and they see a guy casting out devils or healing people in Jesus' name. And the apostles get all indignant and they say, should we go curse him or something like that? You have to read it. And Jesus said, no. Those who are for me are not against me. Let him go. Let him do his work. And so with that in mind, Tavita, I know from the Bible that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ by faith, that he will guide you and you will have power to do the things that he wants you to do in your life. Basically, anybody that has a belief in Jesus Christ has the right to perform anything, even if you're just one of those uh, criminal people, but they do believe in Jesus Christ. They do have the right to do, perform God's ordinances. Yeah, if they're, if they're a criminal person and they are performing God's ordinances, then I would say that they probably haven't been called by God or they probably aren't following Him. But somebody who has been called by God, who has faith in Jesus, is not going to do criminal activities, going to change their life and, and follow Him. Well, we know that this life is not perfect. A lot of people made mistakes. Exactly. Are people that they're trying their best to perform stuff, but I think Mormons really focus on uh, people trying to be perfect because there is scripture says, says that they can't draw near to God or something like that. Unperfectly, you have to be perfect in order for you to be in the kingdom of God, and I think that's what Mormons truly focus on in this life, that trying to have everybody to be perfect so they can return the kingdom of God cleanness not uncleanness that's a crime isn't it so I just wondered who has the right then in well you know Kennedy right Tavita if if you believe in Jesus Christ or if somebody believes in Jesus Christ has faith in him their life will begin to conform to his will and ways and if they're called by the Lord they'll know that 
They'll hear his voice and they'll follow him and they'll do what his will is. And if it's to be in the ministry, they will have that. Now listen, different churches will cause people to go through things to be ordained. They'll make them get certain schooling or they'll do certain things. That's what churches do sometimes. Uh, but you should read a book by Chuck Smith who started Calvary Chapel. He, tells, he talks about the fools that Christ uses and he talks about all the major pastors that are for Calvary Chapel across the world who were really messed up people at one time in their life until they came to know the Lord. So perfection is a lie. It makes us down. It brings us into Satan's grasp. We can't be perfect. We just have to trust in Jesus. So Mormon does not have a right to perform anything that if they're not the right church. Not any more right than, than anybody else. Uh, Mormonism, their priesthood has no right as far as I'm concerned. It's an empty priesthood. As far as people, a Mormon man wanting to lay his hands on his daughter's head who's sick and trying to heal in the name of Jesus who believes in it, why not? Absolutely. Okay, sounds good. All right, man. Thanks for calling. God bless. Bye-bye. Uh, we have two minutes. Jamie, Jamie, we have two minutes. All right, good evening, Sean. Uh, it's so wonderful to finally get a hold of you. I just wanted to uh, say it's so wonderful for you to do your mission work right here at home where we need it the most. Thanks. I'm uh, born and raised in Minnesota, but I've lived here in Utah, and I feel this real calling to do missions work with my friends and everyone else here in Utah. Awesome. Christianity isn't meant to be threatening. It's the truth. It's the way. Yeah. Life. Yeah. We're not trying to scare your Mormon, uh, our Mormon friends. We're not. Well, all we're trying to do is encourage you. You based your religion on Christianity. You need to get back to the truth and read the Bible and take it for what it's written. I don't think God is out there trying to fool people, make it difficult to get to heaven. It's all about grace. We're saved through God's grace alone and only His grace. Amen. Amen. Eternity okay. being. Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit. What would be the most incredible thing you could ever do would be send your only son to earth to die on the cross to for, so that we may be forgiven for our sins. He didn't mean this to be technical, difficult, or hard to explain. He might have made the most unselfish, incredible gift he could do. Amen. Can I do, what would be the most incredible thing if I were God, what could I do to give my people would be his son for yeah. them to do whatever they want with to show them and he knows all he knew what was going to happen jesus knew what was going to happen god knew what was going to happen god is so incredible so big so powerful like i've heard you say many many times you can't uh, we can't fan we're not god Amen. we have no idea what god is uh, capable of doing jamie we got 28 seconds left in the show. That is a great testimony to end Heart of the Matter on. Please email us if you want to get involved and uh, with the ministry here, and we keep going. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. Hey, tune in next week. We're going to continue to talk about the virgin birth with the differences are amazing. We're going to uh, talk about the uh, war in heaven, and we're going to get more to the heart of the matter. God bless you. Till then. I'm on a ride, going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the wind And I won't be coming out, I'm going in 
This man's awake A storm's arising The dawn's awaiting Till a hundred monkeys know And I can feel the light 